This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My family creates music, art, and books. Please support us and check it all out. Links are in the description. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day. Today, we're going to talk about the chicken and the DVD. To appreciate this problem, consider the origin of the first DVD and DVD player. DVDs are rich in information, but without the machinery of a DVD player to read the disc, process its information and convert it into a picture and sound, the disc would be useless. But what if the instructions for building the first DVD player were only found encoded on a DVD? You could never play the DVD to learn how to build a DVD player. So how did the first disc and CD player system arise? The answer is obvious, a goal-directed process. Intelligent design is required to produce both the player and the disc at the same time. In living cells, information carrying molecules, DNA or RNA, are like the DVD, and the cellular machinery which reads that information and converts it into proteins are like the DVD player. Just like the DVD analogy, genetic information can never be converted into proteins without the proper machinery. Yet, in cells, the machines required for processing the genetic information in RNA or DNA are encoded by those same genetic molecules. They perform and direct the very task that builds them. The system cannot exist unless both the genetic information and the transcription translation machinery are present at the same time. And unless both speak the same language, biologist Frank Salisbury explained this problem in paper, an American biology teacher not long after the workings of the genetic code were first uncovered. It's nice to talk about replicating DNA molecules arising in a soupy sea, but in modern cells, this replication requires the presence of suitable enzymes. The link between DNA and the enzyme is a highly complex one, involving RNA and an enzyme for its synthesis on a DNA template. Ribosomes, enzymes to activate the amino acids and transfer RNA molecules. How? In the absence of the final enzyme, could selection act upon DNA and all the mechanisms for replicating it? It's as though everything must happen at once. The entire system must come into being as one unit, or it is worthless. There may well be ways out of this dilemma, but I don't see them at the moment. 
Despite decades of work, origin of life theorists are still at a loss to explain how the system arose. In 2007, Harvard chemist George Whitesides was given the Priestley Medal, the highest award of the American Chemical Society. During his acceptance speech, he offered the stark analysis reprinted in the respected journal Chemical and Engineering News. The origin of life, the problem is one of the big ones in science. It begins to place life and us in the universe. Most chemists believe, as do I, that life emerged spontaneously from mixtures of molecules in the prebiotic earth. How? I have no idea. Similarly, the aforementioned article in Cell Biology International concludes New approaches to investigating the origin of the genetic code are required. The constraints of historical science are such that the origin of life may never be understood. That is, they may never be understood unless scientists are willing to consider goal-directed scientific explanations like intelligent design. But there is a much deeper problem with theories of chemical evolution as well as biological evolution. This pertains not just to the ability to process genetic information via a genetic code, but the origin of the information itself. Well, atheists have not been able to explain where the information came from. They have not been able to explain the variables and what is required in order for these combinations to be able to work, nor have they explained how these things even came into existence. Many scientists believe that these mechanisms had to actually exist together and work in combination in order for life to be. This is one of the reasons why Charles Darwin believed, if you read the book Descent of Man, And any information that Darwin ever put forth, he called himself a theist because he believed that in order for any of this to work, it actually had to be selected. It had to have a process that was goal-oriented. The variables actually had to be directed. And the only way to do that is if you were to put forth the idea that there was a prime mover that there was a consciousness actually developed in these processes with the goal to be able to create us. That is the reason why abiogenesis and the concept of evolution doesn't do away with God. It actually creates itself as an opponent that works against the atheist. The atheist thinks that evolution somehow created all this order out of chaos. Well, that's not possible. When we look at the DNA strands out there, ladies and gentlemen, we see an order of language. We see that not only is there a language, but it's communicating, and that's what they're talking about whenever it comes to a transcript. Although Kent Hovind doesn't express himself extremely articulate in these manners, this is what he's been trying to say as well as many Christians for years. It's just they don't know all the wording, they don't know how to fully express themselves, but this is what they've been stating. And I have tried to make my attempt and effort to be able to put it in scientific terms that everyone could understand, a standard simple that even a fifth grader could comprehend. And this is what they don't get. I hope that the DVD analogy actually helps people. 
This information that I put forth, this is not information that I myself wrote or made up in my head or created. This is not information where I'm trying to disregard the concept of God or disregard atheism and their view of us just simply coming from nothing. But there's a lot of information here that requires something in order for it to happen as opposed to nothing. So ladies and gentlemen, when you get an opportunity, check out my radio station. The link is in the description. Don't forget to check out my books, music, and art. We can talk more about this. I have discovered when speaking to atheists who claim to believe in evolution, they don't even truly understand what they're talking about. The only reason why they go along with evolution is because they are actually convinced that somehow it's an alternative to believing in God when it's not. Evolution was never meant to disregard what God is capable of doing or how God started life. Evolution was never meant to be an enemy or opponent of God. In fact, there are many Christians who work in universities as teachers as well as professors who believe in God, yet believe that somehow God started all these things. So no matter how much an atheist tries, evolution as as well as abiogenesis will never Um, be a wedge or a wrench in the conversation between science and theology, no matter how hard the atheist actually tries. And even if it were to be proven without a doubt one day that evolution and aobiogenesis is how we got here, it doesn't take away the idea of the higher power. In fact, if we read the book of Genesis, it doesn't even do away with Yahweh or the God of the Bible because, according to the Bible, God actually started life in the oceans, and he also used the material of the earth in order to create us. So there's no getting around it. There's no discouraging the idea that the Bible is false in some kind of way whenever the process actually agrees with the science that goes along with it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I understand also that there are a lot of non-believers who they don't like what they hear, and they've decided to basically any scientist who doesn't agree with what they think is the concept of evolution or how we got here, they seem to disregard and see it as nothing more than trash science that they won't hold on to. That's the reason why 90% of the greatest scientists that have ever existed in the world have always been believers, because we're not afraid to be wrong about things. We are more than happy to go into things that are uncomfortable for us in order to find the truth, because when you believe in God, you don't want to lie to yourself and you don't want to lie to the public. You want to try to do whatever you can to answer the questions about life and how we got here. We're just simply stating that God is the beginning as well as ending of all affirmations. And that is that. Those who lack a belief in God, they're throwing out a major component that could be the very reason why we exist in the first place. And that's not the way real scientists do things. Scientists are ready and willing to be incorrect about their assumptions and assertions is where the atheist refuses to accept anything that goes against their narrow worldview and narrow perception of reality. God bless. I hope you all have a wonderful day.